that, you know what time it is. Another week, another Detroit Sports Week slash hour on the Tom Green Podcast. After a short absence, we're back with you, albeit kind of short this week as it's already Friday and our games, our main games are happening Saturday and Sunday, so sort of a brief one this time around, but uh, announcing back that my presence is back on the show after a little bit. And this one was a true hiatus. If you are not aware of what happened to me last week, last Monday, unfortunately my grandmother had passed away, Grandma Green, at the age of 98, uh, shortly before I was to record the MLB playoff show with Erica Jones, which I ended up going about doing that anyway, because I'm sort of one of those where when it happens, it happens, and I'm able to function normally for a little bit, and then reality hits, then the tears happen, then, you know, the normal process of that part of the circle of life happens, and so... Those that thought that I was a little bit more subdued on the MLB show, well, you were correct, because like I'd said, my grandma had passed away, and uh, I needed a little bit of time, but I also needed to keep going with this show, as I would believe the Green family and my grandmother would want me to do, and so that's what we're doing, is uh, we're moving forward, because now she has been laid to rest. Thank you to everybody that has uh, reached out and supported me during this time. Uh, if you do want to send a card or show any more sympathy of support, uh, message me, let me know. I'll let you know where to send it and whatnot. But unfortunately, that's the circle of life, is uh, when you reach some people in their 50s, some people in their 90s, some people in between, unfortunately, you reach a point where things no longer function and you're done. And uh, I'm lucky to be in my later 20s now and... Uh, Hopefully that time where my departure happens will not be for a long, long time. But it does kind of give you a sense of reality that indeed that time happens. That time will come. And you have to come to reality in terms with it. And uh, thankfully, the bow, like I said, life goes on. And that's what um, my grandmother would want me to do is to continue moving forward, because you have to. You just have to move forward. So uh, moving forward now to the Detroit sports part of the show, um, we'll talk a little bit about Cabrera and say that um, it was great to be at that second-to-last game for Miguel Cabrera. I got to say hi to Lance Parrish for a second. I got to see Willie Horton. I didn't necessarily get to say hi to him, but we saw the 24 statue. Uh, revealed in right field. I got to see Cabrera's final hit. And the Tigers won the game. Tigers actually were one game better than they were in 2021. So that tells you there was some improvement. Scott Harris is doing a lot of the right things. We'll see what happens with Eduardo Rodriguez. God forbid if he were to actually sign with a different team. But um, like I said, I, I do not back I do not back away from saying that I liked that they kept Rodriguez. I will not back away from that. It will be solely and totally Eduardo Rodriguez's fault if Eduardo Rodriguez leaves the Tigers, okay? Well, what about trading him and getting some, some pieces for him? 
you have to set the tone for the future. And the future is not five years from now. The future is only about two years from now. I know that getting another two prospects would have helped, but we saw this with J.D. Martinez. We saw this with Justin Verlander. You ship out the pieces and you hope to bring them back. They don't come back. So had the had the Tigers gotten rid of Eduardo Rodriguez, that pretty much would have said to the entire fan base in Detroit, he is not coming back. If they were accepting that, they would trade him. Scott Harris was not necessarily accepting of that. So he didn't trade him. So there's that. So that's going to wrap a little bow on the Tigers' season, and hopefully next season, once we hit March, hopefully we'll be talking more. But like I said, we need the plays. 500 plays to, across all shows from August by, Jan- by the first of the year, or we will be done with the show because I want to produce stuff that people will listen to. So please listen to the show. Anyway, moving forward... Towards uh, let's let's go let's go Michigan first because that's going to be a quick preview. Michigan last week did to Minnesota what I did not expect. I mean, I expected a victory, of course. I expected them to cover the spread, but it wasn't necessarily a given that they were going to cover the spread. But they did, and they did with flying colors and in distinct fashion. I mean, as I was telling my own father uh, after the game. This is the win that we saw from the Wolverines over Minnesota was something I expect Georgia to win, Alabama to win like that, Mac Brown, Texas to win like that. I mean, there's only uh, only a handful of teams I expect them to go out and win 52 to 10 against a Big Ten Conference opponent. Now, Rutgers, let's throw Rutgers out the window, because Rutgers is Rutgers. I know about the 78 to nothing hammering. So we know about that, but Rutgers, Rutgers football is never going to be what Rutgers used to be until they get out of the Big Ten. There I said it. Greg Schiano is back at Rutgers, and they are still looking like Rutgers around the time they had Kyle Flood. Okay. So Rutgers is Rutgers. But besides the point, you blow out a Big Ten opponent on the road, and I don't care how good or bad they are. You blow out a Big Ten opponent like that on the road, you deserve national national recognition. And that's what Michigan is getting as the number two team in the land. Tim Brando, one of my buddies, uh, has him ranked number one in the land, which is great to see. But you blow out an opponent like that on the road in the Big Ten, that should open some eyes big time. As for this game against Indiana, it's going to be rainy. I thought about going to it, probably not because of this because of this rain. Michigan should beat the doors off Indiana. It shouldn't really be much of a contest. I mean, Indiana nearly lost to Akron. If they have problems with Indiana in the second half, then perhaps maybe I should rethink what entirely I just said about the Michigan game against Minnesota, okay? Michigan should win this game. 37 to 7 or something like that or even better maybe even 52 to 10 I don't know but Michigan should win this game 50 or 37 to 7 I'm going to officially put on the record 37 to 7 is going to be my prediction on Michigan Indiana uh JJ McCarthy should ball even in the rain 
Uh, Blake Corum should find the end zone twice. Uh, Indiana's score will probably come in the second half when all the starters are gone anyway for Michigan and they're on their second string. It shouldn't be a concern. Is that concerning? Maybe. But, I mean, Michigan should get by Indiana just fine, very quickly, and somewhat quietly. So there's that part of the show. We're going to move to Lions in a minute. I waited on this show until Friday after uh, bereavement because I did want to bring in some Red Wings talk a little bit. Admittedly, I did not watch much of the first game as it was on ESPN+. But some of my observations from the score sheet. We'll take a look at the score sheet. uh, No goals in the first period. Daniel Sprong in the second. uh, Two Jack Hughes goals to make it 2-1 Devils after two. Alex Dabrinkat tied it up on the power play. Dougie Hamilton put the Devils in the lead. And Eric Hall ended up scoring the game winner on an empty net. Robbie Fabry scored at 19-26 to make things interesting. So let's let's take a look at this, and I know it's just one game. Okay, there's probably, there will be instances where we will have had multiple Red Wings games before I break it down. But let's break it down. I mean, Detroit won 57.6% of the faceoffs. They had 35 shots on goal. They were out hit 32 to 24. Penalty minutes, they served more penalty minutes, but still that this looks encouraging. I know that. The final score does not say so, but more shots on goal against a team that got out of the first round of the playoffs as half the battle in the playoffs is getting out of the first round. Let's let's say it. Let's say it that way. Look at the New York Rangers. They should have probably went to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Okay, So half the battle is getting out of the first round of the playoffs. The Devils did that. Detroit had a one-goal loss to them to open the season at the Prudential Center on the road. Should we overreact and say that most ciders should be benched like some people on Twitter did and Daniela Bruce called out? No. We shouldn't put most cider on the bench and on the training block just because of one game. Come on. I mean, Alex Debrinkat, in his first game, as a Red Wing, scored a goal. What else can you expect of the guy? They made things interesting in the last minute with a Robbie Fabry goal. Okay? Let's give this team time. I'm not expecting playoffs, but I'm expecting close. Hopefully we will not have to sell at the trade deadline. But let's curb the Stanley Cup expectations for now. Because I don't believe this team is ready yet. Are they approaching playoff caliber? They might be there. We shall see with time. But a one-goal loss to a team that made the second round of the playoffs on the road is something to actually be like, okay, so there's some life here with this team. There's some life here with this team. Hopefully later on the season we might bring Danielle or somebody else from the Red Wings on for some Red Wings talk. But that's kind of my opening, I guess my opening act when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings is that let's not overreact to one game. Debrinkat did what Debrinkat needed to. Most cider is fine. 
Moving on to the next couple of games. The next against Tampa on Saturday night. Let's move forward. Moving to the Lions now. As of the time of the recording of this show, I do not have official practice words on Friday's practice. But I will report what happened at Thursday's practice. And we had Brian Branch, Jameer Gibbs, Jonah Jackson, Bam Knight, Sam Laporta, James Mitchell, Emmanuel Mosley, and Frank Ragnow all did not practice. Taylor Decker, Khalil Dorsey, Amon Ross, St. Brown all were full practices. On the Tampa Bay side, Mike Evans left practice. Shaq Barrett did not practice. Jamel Dean, Servakia Dennis, Luke Gadecki, Kalia Kansi, Ryan Neal, Anthony Nelson, Derek Pitts, and Devin White were all full practices on Thursday. So let's break down this Lions-Tampa Bay game just a little bit. As far as the line goes, Detroit is a three-point favorite. The game got moved to 425. Do I like it? I mean, it's it's what happens when your team is good. I'll be honest, I like 1 p.m. games better than 425 or, or or night games, okay? Maybe I'm one of the one of the minority in that aspect. So actually it kind of bothered me a little bit that the Lions Tampa game got moved to 425, but it's what happens when your team is good. Of course, Dallas Cowboys set aside, it's what happens when your team is good. They flex to 425. They flex tonight so that the whole nation can have their eyeballs on this team. And so far, the nation has seen their eyeballs on this team once. Or if you want to call it twice with uh, Fox's 1 p.m. slot a team being Lions Seahawks, and unfortunately that what happened happened there. But this team has seen national eyeballs at, at national eyeballs once. And it passed with flying colors. A one-point victory at Kansas City. So what if they didn't have Kelsey? Sorry, Mike Tarico. No asterisks found. They passed the national test with flying colors. Could this be a potential trap game in Tampa? I saw this on the Detroit Lions board uh, shortly before I went on to the show. Possibly. I mean, it's only three points. It is on the road. It is at Tampa. Creamsicle jerseys being weared by the Bucks. So it's not completely unrealistic to think that it could be a trap game. Now, if the Lions are without Sam Laporta and Amonra St. Brown, you have the next man up mentality, but you can only lose so much. So, I mean, there's a possibility. I'm not, I'm not completely saying that this should be a game dominated by the Lions. I mean, looking back, I picked the Saints and I picked them to win by default in the NFC South. And I had some Bucks fans coming after me on Twitter, to which I ignored. But if the Bucks were do happen to win the division, I will go back and tweet them saying, you were right. Okay, I was wrong. You were right, but here's here's a here's a fine line I have with the books. They still don't have Tom Brady. I mean, Baker Mayfield has played decent. I mean, it's been better than I expected. 
I mean, they beat Minnesota to start the year, and I'm thinking, maybe Tampa has a little bit of something here. Maybe I did screw up that prediction. We shall see. As far as the game goes, I think Laporta plays. I do think Amon Ross St. Brown plays. I think the Lions win 28-13. to I think it will be two scores. It will be close in the first half. Maybe Tampa takes a 7-0 lead to start. But I think Detroit gets things rolling a little bit later, sort of like Carolina, where things were close early, but then the Lions took off right after that. That's something that is going to happen. Uh, I think Jerry Jacobs will get a pick. I think Amon Ross St. Brown will find the end zone once. I think David Montgomery will find the end zone once. I think the Lions somewhat cruise to a 27-13 victory over the Bucks. The Bucks get humbled, and we'll see what happens next after that. But as far as this game goes, it could be a trap game. I'm not going to sit here and deny that that could happen because as soon as I do... It's going to happen because that's what trap games are meant to be, okay? But as far as this goes, I think Detroit should win, and they should win by two scores. I think the NFC South is still a notch below where where they should be. They're a notch ahead of what I thought they were, but they're still a notch below Super Bowl talent. Do we really expect New Orleans to win two playoff games? Do we expect Tampa Bay to win two playoff games? I don't think so. So they're still a notch below where they should be. If Detroit wins this game and they take a manhandling control of the NFC North, all I have to say is don't blow it. So with that said, this has been another edition of the Tom Green Podcast on the uh, Detroit Sports Week. No pickums this week as I'm still kind of recovering from, uh, of course, Grandma's uh, departure to this world and... Uh, this was kind of a quick show because I wanted to just get this out there for Saturday and Sunday and for next week. Hopefully we'll have a couple of shows next week. But we will be back with Detroit Sports Stuff each week moving forward. So with that said, this has been another edition of Detroit Sports Week, Tom Green Podcast. I'm going to die, die, die.